Umkit Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the early spring of 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered the formation of a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Global Menagerie. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she was in McGuff's office, and Billingsley had just ushered a small group of people into the room and declared them Dixie's new colleagues. Listen. That's a lot of people, huh, boss? Indubitably, Feutenberg. Hey, I'm the boss around this here hangar, Billingsley. Only because my superiors have elected to leave you in charge, Mr. McGuff. Yeah, yeah. Pat yourself on the back all you like. You're very big and important, I'm sure. If you two would stop bickering like an old married couple, maybe we could find out who the heck these people are. (laughs) Good point, Miss Dixie. (laughs) Freudenberg. Yabas? Get out. Yabas. I don't know why you're always so hard on him, Frank. Look who's talking. Just the same. Can we just drop this worthless discussion and move on to something more worthy and worthwhile? Well, as I mentioned to you before, these are your fellow members of the 1st Brassy Battalion Fighter Squadron. Outsiders? I don't know if I like that idea. Well then, it is fortuitous for us that whether you like it or not is of no concern. You better watch your mouth. I merely speak the truth. Please do not confuse it with an insult. There were a few other nations that assisted in the acquiring of the brassy compound that makes geoslipping possible. As such, they have earned the right to have an agent, a liaison, an envoy, a, a proxy, if you will, to the project. Yeah? And who might they be? I suppose introductions would be prudent. Here we have Joey Scalzetti. The Skull. Joey the Skull. They call me that for reasons that are probably pretty obvious, so I'll just leave that to your imaginations. Why are you cleaning your fingernails with that really big knife? Because I ain't afraid of getting my hands dirty, capiche? What's this mook doing as part of the squad? Careful, toots. You don't want to make me angry. I got connections. Oh yeah? Look at me. I'm shaking in my boots. Mr. Scalzetti is the United States official member of the group. What? I'm not good enough now? Army Brass just wanted someone with a little more... experience. Hmm. Joseph is an accomplished pilot in the Army. Someone they could control sounds more like it. I ain't nobody's lapdog, and you can take that to the bank, honey. To his left, you'll find Thomas Galen from the United Kingdom. It's a pleasure to meet you. I guess I... Look forward to kicking some Nazi tail all across Europe, yeah? I think you need some coffee, pal. I'm fine, thank you. Over on the right, we have Benedict Arachenko from Russia. Long live Stalin. Well, that's a fine, how do you do? In Russia, we give due praise to our leaders. Yeah, because otherwise they might kill you. What did you say? Nothing. Calm down, you two. So, Bill, this is it? Because there's one extra plane out there, and I was thinking No, no, there's one more. Where is... Ah, yes. Lily! You know, that Frodenberg boy is so cute. I should like to wrap him around my little finger. 
Like a bow. He doesn't kiss so good, though. Another dame? Call it, Frank! This is Miss Lily LaRue from Canada. She looks like some kind of... of... Temptress? Tramp? Succubus? Take your pick, Mr. McGuff. I'll answer to anything you like. What's the deal, Reggie? You expect me to fly with two broads? That's exactly what I expect you to do. Come on! It's all the same to me. Well, I guess the gang's all here. What's next? I think it's time we took the planes out for a group test flight, don't you? As long as there aren't any more Germans coming. Because if there are, Bill, my knuckles are going to have a hot date with your teeth. And now, a special message from our sponsor, the Umket Industries Oil Division. Now, money can't buy finer fuel than Umket Blue. But there are a lot of people I know who buy regular price gasoline, and if you happen to be one of these, I do want to say this. Our educated, very smart robot has something to say to you. You can't do better than to use Umket Blue American gasoline. It keeps me running smooth. That's right, and it's made from the same great refinery that brings you regular strength Umkit Petroleum Gasoline. And Umkit Blue is an all-American product that sells at regular gas prices. Why, it's enough to keep me running well for years. I feel like I could march right across Germany with Umkit Blue in my engines. Umkit Blue gets all of its amazing quality from the petroleum itself, which is harvested firstly from Nazi-hating Texas ranches, and then from some countries in the Middle East that we're not very familiar with. But that's okay, what harm could that ever do? Never you mind, this comes straight from Texas, I tell you. I should know. I'm an educated, very smart robot. It's a pure, sweet product that's free from impurities and harmful ingredients. The earth and the trees will thank you kindly for burning this very special fossil fuel. It's the exclusive gasoline of the United States Armed Forces. When our boys in uniform want to stick it to the Nazis, they gas up with Umket Blue. And so, if you're a user of regular priced gasoline, I ask you to stop at an Umket Blue pump today. Remember, it will keep you running smooth. And if it's good enough for the army, and if it's good enough for me, an educated, very smart robot, it's certainly good enough for you. We now rejoin our program in the ominous SCAR headquarters and laboratory, deep in the heart of Nazi Germany, half a world away from Dixie. Master Volker? I told you I was not to be disturbed, Vrenny. Yes, but there was a report in from our agent. Which agent, Vrenny? You know that SCAR has hundreds of agents around the world. Of course, Master... I'm a man one on assignment in America. And still there we have dozens more. Come, Brenny, why do you play coy? Only to... Say it. Just to... Say it! Just to please you, Master... Ah, oh, yes, Brenny. You do know how to keep me entertained. 
It's so very lonely here, in my lab, in this abandoned castle in the middle of Germany. Oh sure, there's the scarred troops, but they're hardly good for companionship, are they? But here I must remain, squirreled away with my research and my equipment, making decisions from on high to please the mysterious shadowy Geist, who, as you know, reports directly to the Fuhrer. Geist? Evil! That one is... Anyone that serves the Fuhrer is on the side of good, Vrenny. You know that. Yes. Yes, Master. Oh, I do love how you keep me entertained, my dear Vrenny. Yes. I do love it indeed. I, I only do as Master instructs. And what a good girl you are for doing so. Now, what are the report from one of our agents? Stationed in California, at AeroQuest Dynamics. Ah, yes, our little mole. What news then? It is as we suspected. The Americans have a new fighter plane. Very bright in appearance, capable of traveling thousands of miles in seconds. You don't say. And this information was shared with the others? Of course, Master. The news was reported as soon as the Allied agents arrived. Excellent. Tell our mole to continue his plan, and to learn as much about these planes as possible. We must learn more. The fate of the war depends on it. As you say, Master. With that kind of technology in our hands, the Third Reich would be unstoppable. I must apologize, dear listener, for the frightful scene that you just witnessed. Volker and Vreni are two villainous 'er ne'er-do-wells who clearly intend to sabotage the noble Dixie and Brassy Battalion. Let's listen in as Dixie and the battalion return from their first full squad test flight and see if Dixie has caught on to anything peculiar. What's the big idea? What the heck? Please let me get out of the cockpit before you start harping on me, you crazy dame. You're all over my tail like bees on honey. What, are you trying to get us killed? Hey, hey, George, hands off the merchandise. I say, Miss Denver, unhand that. Call it, Corny. This ain't your fight. I don't need you looking out for me, old man. I can take care of myself, especially against some dame. You're nothing but a two-bit thug. Ah, get off of my back, lady. Goodness gracious, madam, you've got some fiery temper. If we're supposed to work together as a team, we can't have anybody doing that kind of stupid maneuvers that schmuck was doing. The Nazis won't have to try very hard to shoot us down with him on our side. Now, now, madam, I'm sure it's not as bad as all that. Oh, look! It's the rest of them. I guess the circus is in town. What is this circus? Usually a traveling company of acrobats, clowns, and trained animals. That sums up you lot pretty nice. I am no clown. Hmm, but I'm something of an animal. Crazy lady, please do not touch my uniform. And you! How the heck were you going so fast? Pardon moi? I ain't never seen anyone so fast. At those speeds, you're likely to get yourself killed. Flames. They're like men. I just know how to push all the right buttons to get just what I want. Isn't that right, Benedict? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, think of Stalin. Cold, cold, Winfrey. Poor boy. He's almost wound as tight as the lining. Me? What's your deal, Mr. Britt? I ain't never seen anyone move so mechanical in the air before. 
You ain't got wires instead of veins, have you? I just like to be precise. Go by the book. You can't be so uptight. You gotta stay loose. Think on your feet. I can help you relax, Thomas. Oh, no. I have to... Uh, I have a letter to write, you know? Back to Mum in Blighty. Cheers. This is ridiculous. What I need is someone I can trust. Well, here come Mr. Billingsley and Mr. McGuff now. Perhaps they could be of assistance to you, my dear. Yeah, Frank's a chum, but that Billingsley is a bad egg. Something about him don't sit right with me. Is that so? Very interesting. Why are you being so nosy? Forgive me if I have crossed any boundaries, madam. I'm merely a lonely man who is utterly beset by your beauty. That ain't gonna get you very far with me, pal. Well, you can't blame a man for trying, my dear. Well, at least you're a gentleman about it. Took you long enough, Frank. Yeah, yeah. I ain't as fast as I used to be, Dix. A few less apple pies might help in that department, Frank. Well, why don't you just shoot me now and get it over (laughs) with? Oh, yes, it's just all so very charming. Stop it, Bill. Miss Stenberg, you will afford me the proper respect while you are... I can't afford nothing. Frank, don't pay me squat. You're going to start showing me some respect, Buster. You attack me with German planes and zip across the country in some geo-insanity thingum, and then you send me up in the air with a group full of crazies? I should have been dead three times over already. Perhaps so. I want another plane. What? Goodness, she has such a marvelous spirit, don't you think? You have enough planes, Miss Denberg. I want one more. No. Yes? Huh. I'll have you thrown out on your insolent behinds. Let's be reasonable, Dix. We ain't in no position to make demands here. He's got the deed to the hangar as collateral. Nah, he ain't going to evict us, Frank. He's bluffing. How can you be sure? Because he knows the second he does, I'll go straight to the papers. D- the papers? Oh, yeah. They ain't going to notice what we're doing here, out in the middle of nowhere. As long as nobody tells them, that is. You wouldn't. Try me. You have other planes. I, I want another Thunderbolt. The battalion was conceived as having five members. You want me to fly with these weirdos, that's one thing. But if you want me to lead them and make them more than a collection of half-capable pilots who are likely to get themselves killed in the air and make this squad something worth writing home about, then you give me that plane. Modified and coated up, all nice and pretty like the others. There's only so much of the alloy to go around. So make some more. Only if we're that easy... But there are factors that you are unaware of. You got enough for one more plane? Well, I mean, technically, yes, but we had plans. Then you give us the plane. I walk right into the offices of the LA Times and give them the story of the century. But, but who's going to fly it? We only have five pilots and... Corny. Corny? Oh, I think I like the sound of that. He's got experience. He flew back in the First World War. That I did, madam, and with no small amount of grandiose precision, I might add. And he helped me, out of the goodness of his heart. And he ain't got no ulterior motives. Well, a nice dinner with the fine and fair Dixie Stenberg would be a nice surprise. And I know I can trust him. I may be a bit rusty at first, madam, but I shall do my best. What say we give those Nazis the old one-two, hmm? Oh, jeez, preposterous. Crazy. You got a deal, Bill? Very well, Miss Stenberg, but I advise you not to push me any further. Confrontations of this sort had best be kept to a bare minimum in the future. I'll have the plane shipped over immediately so that Freudenberg can begin the modifications. See to it that you do, Bill. I'd hate to just hand a reporter the Pulitzer without even having them work for it a little. 
If you two are done argumentating, can we head back inside? It's getting dark. That would be wise. After all, we have the parameters of the first mission to discuss. Mercurial metamorphosis! This production has starred Emily Ledley as Dixie Stenberg. Talk about your loaded episodes. Shannon Gaffney as Frank McGuff. So many new characters, it makes my head swim. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. Not to mention all of the verbose contention. Pete Milan as Freudenberg. I don't ever know what that Billingsley guy is saying. Why doesn't he use English? John Solzbach as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Don't worry yourself over, son. Just smile and have a peach. Tim the Jester Gillick as Joey Scalzetti. Peaches? Come on, old man. Who wants peaches? How about some pasta pizzool? Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. What about bangers and mash? Perry Whittle as Benedict Adichenko. How did we get on food? I thought we were talking about new characters. Alicia Lane Matherson as Lily LaRue. And so many of them are big, strong men. <sighs> Catherine Pride as Freddy. <laughs> Nest doesn't like it when I look at other men. Justin Dobby as Volker. I'm all the man any woman needs. Can't you feel my pure animal magnetism? <laughs> Julie Goldstein as the robot. I feel nothing. I'm an educated, very smart robot. And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Oh yes, robot. It's all very depressing. Who bought you the Unkit Blue, hmm? Who? This is Seth Adamshire. Stay tuned next time as Dixie takes the battalion into live combat and gets more than she bargained for on October 3rd, 2006. Only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a Pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater. Brought to you by the Umket Industries Oil Division, maker of Umket Blue American Gasoline. And remember... If Umket Blue is good enough for the army and good enough for me, then it's good enough for you, too. Stay safe, America, and good night. When the Führer says we is the master race, we hail, hail right in the Führer's face. Not to love the Führer is a big disgrace, so we hail, hail right in the Führer's face. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Scher. Umket Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2006, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.